This programme is sponsored by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. The giant is stirring. The dream is being realised. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Wolverhampton Wanderers programme, as this week we welcome Burnley to Molyneux. We'll hear from head coach Bruno Larger, Captain Connor Cody, and of course, Bully's Big Match Preview. This week we also have an interview with Francisco Trincao and get the lowdown on how Fabio Silva prepares for battle at Molyneux. Welcome to the Wolverhampton Wanderers programme. It's Wolves versus Burnley. First we hear from the head coach, Bruno Larger. Bruno writes... Good evening, and welcome back to Molyneux as we play once again under the lights at home, which is always a special experience. With the visit of Burnley this evening, tonight's match is the start of what's going to be a really exciting month, but also a period which is going to be a good test for every member of our squad and coaching staff. In English football, the winter is always the most difficult time, but that's also when the real challenge begins. We're going to play eight more games within the next five weeks, and we're going to need every single one of the players available, fit and ready to go. We're also going to need your support in the stands as much as possible over the coming weeks to push us through when times get tough. We've been really grateful to all of our supporters for the travelling they do up and down the country to attend our matches at home and away this season. We know it's not easy for you, but that support is never taken for granted. The noise you were able to create at Norwich on Saturday, despite the heavy snow which fell in Wolverhampton that morning, was amazing and played a big part in helping us to earn that point in a stadium which is always difficult to play in. And that is what this time of the season is all about, and what we want from our games. Points, points and points. We always go into games with the ambition of winning the three points, but we know it's not always going to be possible. We only took one from Carrow Road at the weekend, but it's still a good point for us. Together with the three points against West Ham the last time we were together at Molyneux, it means we now have 20 points from 13 games. But we have to keep going. The turnaround from Saturday to tonight's match is what makes December and January a difficult period for us as coaches and players, but it is what makes the Premier League one of the best competitions in the world, as you have to face top-class teams every time. Today is more of the same. Burnley arrive at Molyneux on the back of a good run of form, and I offer a warm welcome to Sean Dyche, his staff, players and supporters who have made the trip down this evening. Everyone in football knows how difficult Burnley are to play against, and Sean has built a very strong team in all his years at the club. They have proven this with their results in the recent weeks. They have not lost in their last four Premier League matches, so every member of our squad must be fully prepared for what Burnley will try to do against us. Finally, this evening's match is our dedicated Rainbow Laces fixture, where we will join the rest of the Premier League in celebrating Stonewall's campaign and demonstrate our ongoing commitment to support LGBTQ plus inclusion in football. Here at Wolves, we are all one pack, which means we embrace everyone and celebrate our differences. No one should feel they cannot be their true selves in life, as well as on the football pitch. We all want Molyneux to be a place where all our fans are supported as much as you all support the team, and campaigns like this one are the first step in achieving those goals. Enjoy the game. Bruno. Here's the skipper, Connor Cody. Connor writes, We speak a lot about playing at Molyneux because it's so special, so back-to-back home games is something we can't wait for as a group of players. We came into tonight on the back of a day at Norwich, and the way the game went, it actually turned out to be a good point for us. We all know we want to be better, and if you're not going to win, you certainly don't lose, and that's something we can take from that game. Getting clean sheets is massive to us, and we've been working hard on it. 
The gaffer has brought in Carlos Cachado as a coach, and he's brilliant. We do a lot of work with him on and off the pitch, with meetings, watching clips, and seeing where we can improve in different areas. Even when we've done well defensively this year, we've always looked at clips to get better. Keeping a clean sheet is always good for the back five and goalkeeper, but it gives the team confidence as a whole, and we want to keep doing it. We've played well at Molyneux recently, and we want to emulate that away, where we need to get better, but we always speak about how good it is to play at home. I know there's going to be a lot of Wolves fans here tonight, and we want to keep improving for them. You make sure you get your home form right. Playing at Molyneux is huge for us, and has been for years. When the lads talk about playing at home, you can feel the excitement. As you get close to Christmas, the majority of games are night games, which we love. We were watching clips from the West Ham game, and the two halves look completely different because of the light, and it's massive playing under the lights here. It's a feeling you don't get all the time, because the atmosphere the Wolves fans create is incredible. Tonight, we're welcoming Burnley, who are always so tough. They're an opposition you prepare a little bit differently for, because they bring such a different threat to most teams. They play a really unique way, and are very good at doing that, and it's tough, whether it's at Molyneux or Turf Moor, but we'll be ready for it. Finally, this is our designated Rainbow Laces home game, and it's a topic I've spoken a lot about in the last few months. I feel strongly that football should be for everybody, and this is a good way to push that. We're trying to develop as a club, as a league, and as a sport in general, because football is the best sport in the world, and we want to make it as open to as many people as possible. It's important we keep pushing the message, and I hope everyone at Molyneux tonight enjoys the game with us. Connor. We move on to Bully's Big Match Preview. Legendary striker Steve Bull will be running the rule over Wolves' 2021-22 season, while giving his thoughts on the opposition who take to the Molyneux turf in this season's matchday programme. The club's record scorer, with 306 goals in all competitions during a 13-year career in Golden Black, has reflected on Wolves' run of wins at Molyneux, Raul Jimenez's recovery a year on from his life-threatening injury, and not repeating last season's heavy loss to Burnley. Three points at home. Steve writes, I wasn't surprised at all by how Wolves played last time at Molyneux. Not at all. I had a sneaky suspicion in my head before the game that we'd do well. I was going round the ground doing talks and meeting people before kick-off, and I kept saying, I fancy us today, I really fancy us. If you put our lads against any footballing side, we'll give them a good game. We'll stop them from playing and we'll score the goals. And we did that against West Ham. But we need to keep that going now because we've got a very, very difficult month ahead of us, starting today against Burnley. Close to a complete performance. I keep saying, week in, week out, how we want a complete 90 minutes. And I think we probably got 75 minutes from the players against West Ham. However, I thought for those 75 minutes that we were brilliant. For me, Declan Rice is a world-class midfielder, but he didn't have a sniff because he had Ruben Neves up against him, who pushed him back and stopped him from playing. It wasn't because West Ham were poor, it was Wolves being extremely good, and that was really nice to see, but I still want to see it for the whole 90 minutes. Not 75, not 60, not 45. It's frustrating because I know they can do it. But we're in a good stead at the moment. We're sixth in the league and pushing for those top four places, and the only way we can get up there is by beating the teams who are coming into Molyneux in the next few weeks and months. A tough team to beat. It is probably a cliché to say this, but Burnley are never an easy team to play against. They're one of the old-fashioned clubs, like ourselves, who are still in the league and playing the way they do. But the most important thing today is that we don't want a repeat of the last time we played them at home, and they came and knocked us down a peg or two, and we lost 4-0. We do not need that again. We've got to learn from our mistakes from when we played them last time because this is a good chance to get another three points on the board and push them further down the table. 
but Burnley is one of those games where we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and give it a good go. I know they've been picking up points of late, but they've not had the best of starts to the season, and this is the type of game where we need to be stamping our authority at home, in front of our fans, and a show of the character of a team that is pushing for a top-six place. Not repeating mistakes. As players, you're always thinking about the last time you played that team. When the Wolves players are in the tunnel tonight, they'll be saying, come on boys, not the same again, we're not going to do the same as the last time we played them. They'll be doing everything they can to go out onto the pitch and put it right this time. But as soon as you step onto the pitch, that last game's forgotten about. Once the match starts, that will not be on their mind. The manager will be getting into their heads about how they can tactically and physically overcome them to get the three points. Doesn't matter if it's Burnley, West Ham, Liverpool or Chelsea. They'll be doing everything to get the three points. Whatever happened in the past is the past. We can recreate a new history with good performance. Football in the winter. It's always interesting to see how players cope with the weather when winter hits, but for many of us it doesn't have any kind of impact at all. When I was playing, we would just go out there, and after five minutes you wouldn't even feel the cold. It's red hot because your body heat goes up, and you're just focused on the game in front of you. Before the game, you look outside and you do think, oh no, not rain, or oh no, not a bit of snow, but once you're out there, you absolutely love it. You forget all about the weather, and they'll even relish in it. For me, I didn't care if it was raining, snowing, sleeting, or even thunderstorms. I wanted to go out and play, and didn't feel the cold at all. Jimenez scoring on Code Red release day. I don't like to dwell on the past, and it was a horrific injury Raoul suffered, but I've seen bits of the documentary the club's media team made about Raoul and his recovery, and it just makes you realise everything he's had to come through over the last 12 months. It's unbelievable to see him back to what he's doing now compared to where he was just over a year ago. You saw the emotion in Nuno's eyes, you saw it in the fans' eyes, and the thudding noise of the contact is something that will always live with us. He's done extremely well to get back to where he is from where he was. He's had to get back into his routine, his rhythm and his fitness, but you can see he's getting his confidence back, and he's going to grow back into the player he was over the forthcoming season. This programme is brought to you by the Wolves Disabled Supporters Association. For more information, please contact Dennis Green. You can find all the information you need at facebook.com forward slash Wolves DSA. This week's featured Wolves player is Francisco Trincao. Always destined for the top. From the age of five, it was clear that Francisco Trincao had the raw hunger to be a footballer. For his parents, attempts to rein in that energy were quickly abandoned by the time he'd reached school age, and a career in the game beckoned. At just 21, the Portuguese has made an impressive start to the traditional footballer's bucket list. The winger has played in three of the top European leagues, the Champions League, and is a senior international. Throw into the mix a season at one of the most decorated clubs in the world and a move to the Premier League, and you conclude he hasn't done half bad. Trincao is approaching the midway point of his season-long loan from Barcelona, and has shown at times the talent which saw him burst onto the scene at Braga and earn a move to the new camp to provide competition on the wing for none other than Lionel Messi. But while 21 qualifies as a tender age in football, Trincao digs deep to remember the origins of his career, to his formative years in Portugal where his journey began. Trincao says, It started when I was five years old. My parents couldn't hold me at home anymore because I was too restless, so they signed me up for football. 
Since I was a child, my father and I have always played games at home and football has always been what I wanted to do. We played like this. Whoever reached ten goals first would win and my father would always score until nine. Then he would let me tie and to help me have that mental strength when I was young, he made me give everything to reach the ten and win. Those long-reaching memories provided the foundation for Trincao, who varied his football education across numerous Portuguese academies before settling at Braga. It was at the Estadio Municipal de Braga, a stadium carved into a steep Portuguese mountain, which Walls visited in November 2019, where the wide man flourished. As is often the way on the continent, time with the club's B-team came first, but it wasn't long before his talent prevailed and Trincao was a fully-fledged member of the first team. There followed 47 games as well as a European debut, coincidentally at Molyneux in the Europa League, amidst a journey the Portuguese treasured. When I signed my first professional contract and started going to Team B, from then on things started to get more serious, says Trincao. At Braga, I went through all the stages to reach the main team and win a title, the Taca de Liga, against FC Porto in 2020. It was remarkable to me. In terms of the national teams, it was also very important to have won the European Under-19 Championship in 2018 and to have made my debut for the Portuguese senior team. Now, I hope that this season will also be important for my career. Time representing the Portuguese senior team, which he's done on seven occasions to date, with many more in the future, no doubt, ensured the transition to Molyneux was a simple one. Familiar faces from the senior and youth teams are aplenty, while Pedro Neto and Trincao's relationship dates back much further, having come through the Braga ranks together as youngsters. I already knew some of the players from the Portuguese national team, Nelson Semedo from Barcelona and Fabio Silva, so adapting has been easy, and everyone has been amazing to me. With Pedro I was always calm, and he was more outgoing. At that time at Braga we just had fun and we thought we all had a lot of quality. It was a phase of my life, and I always saw football as fun, and we played a lot of years together. He's a good friend of mine, and a really good player, and I hope to play with him this season too, to score many goals and assist, creating a good relationship. While Neto's season is yet to begin, and the on-pitch reunion with Trincao is still pending, the Barcelona loanee has had opportunities to impress the Wolves supporters with his elegant style and care in possession. Bruno Larger has regularly called upon the delicate touch of Trincao in matches with the aim of patiently unpicking defences. I like to try to entertain the people and help the team to win, says Trincao. I'm another player to help the team, so I'm here to do my job, to work hard every day, every training session and to help the team. My biggest opponent is me. I have to do everything better every day. I'll compete with me first to try to be the best version of myself and I'll do my best. I just have to be in the perfect body shape, to have the best mentality for the season, and I'll see what I can do and do my best. The Portuguese, who turns 22 later this month, got off the mark in old gold in the thumping Carabao Cup victory at Nottingham Forest in August, when he elegantly stroked home the third goal of the night, and a first in the Premier League is now the target. However, his focus is always on the team, and what he's seen so far has impressed the youngster. We have good footballers. We want to have the ball, to have the game in our control, to play. We want to score goals and put on a good show, of course. We have a great team with a lot of talent. We have young players and players with a lot of experience, so we have a really good team. We want to have a competitive team, to work hard and everyone to give their best. I expect from me, I'll do my best and they'll do their best, for sure. Larger on Trincao. Trincao of the four wingers, I think, is the player who has played the most minutes for us. I'm very happy with him. I think he's improving our team and improving himself. Every time he's connecting with the game, offensively and defensively. 
He hasn't scored a Premier League goal yet, but he creates a lot of chances to score. I remember against Newcastle, Manchester United and Tottenham, he's creating a lot of chances and had bad luck. Facts and figures. Fact 1. Trincao grew up with Pedro Neto in Viana do Castello, and they both played for Vianense and SC Braga together, as well as representing Portugal at each level of youth football together. Fact 2. Trincao's debut in European football came at Molyneux, coming off the bench for Braga in their 1-0 win over Wolves in the 2019-20 Europa League. Fact 3. On his first La Liga start for Barcelona, and his only 90-minute stint in the division, Trincao netted twice in a handsome 5-1 win over Deportivo Alaves. Fact 4. With Portugal's under-19s, Trincao won the 2018 European Championship and was named joint top scorer for the whole competition with five goals. Fact 5. When Trincao made his Portugal debut against Croatia in 2020, João Martinho was captain, while Nelson Semedo and Ruben Neves were on the bench. This week's Cult Heroes piece focuses on Mo Camara. Cult Heroes casts a light on former members of the pack who were admired by the club's supporters, often for reasons beyond their numbers on the pitch. Wolves Museum duo Pat Quirk and Neil Pennington have joined forces for the season-long feature, sharing both facts and memories of some of the club's most popular, if sometimes overlooked, former stars. The Backstory with Neil Pennington Mo Kamara was born in 1975 in Guinea. He started in French football as a youngster and moved to England in the summer of 2000 in a £100,000 deal, becoming a cult figure amongst Wolves fans. He was known for his commitment and pace, despite sometimes displaying a lack of positional sense and ball control. He was a regular starter in the first team for two seasons, but eventually left for Burnley in 2003, before spells with six other teams, including Celtic and Derby County. Kamara was made head of scouting for Derby County in February 2014, and opened a bar in Tutton Hall in 2011. The cult hero status with Pat Quirk. There was a spoof column in the load of bull fanzine we had at the time, and it was called the Mohammed Kamara Appreciation Society. It was there to celebrate his eccentricity because he was a lovable character. You got a laugh out of him. They didn't mock him, but he laughed with them. He was good for that. You can't say the bloke wasn't wholehearted. He really was. Sometimes you see players' heads drop, but I never saw that with Kamara. He was great. Preparing to battle with Fabio Silva. Wolf striker Fabio Silva takes us through his pre-match routine, from the team hotel to walking out of the tunnel here at Molyneux. In the hotel pre-match. Normally I'll have breakfast, go for a little walk, and we'll have a meeting to see what we have to do in the game. I'll maybe watch some videos on YouTube, listen to some music, maybe speak with my family and friends, and if I'm tired I sleep a little bit, but not much, so I'm not too relaxed. Then we'll have lunch and recover before the game. Pre-match meal. I like to eat pasta before games, with some meat. The coach journey in. Sometimes I sit alone, because we have a lot of space on the bus, but now I have a good relationship with Francisco Trincao. I spend my time with him. Pre-match emotions. I'll say the truth. I don't know in the future how I'll feel, but now I don't feel nervous. You have the motivation to play. It's not pressure, so I don't feel nervous when I play. Pressure is when people don't have food to eat. Fathers can't put anything on the table for their children. In the world, there's people with more problems than you. I do what I love, play football, so I don't have to feel pressure. Meeting the opposition. Sometimes you have friends on the other team. 
I remember when we played Manchester United. I have a friend from Porto, Alex Tellis. So we were walking to the dressing room. We spoke a little bit. It's good when you have relationships with players from before. But I prefer to speak at the end and stay focused on the game. In the dressing room. At the training ground, I sit by Ryan in the stadium. It changes. I'm a striker, so I speak with the wingers and midfielders about the movements we do on the pitch. Pre-match music. I'm listening to music every time before the game. Rituals before the game. I have my things. I have my faith. I'm a religious guy, so I pray before the game. The teams are in. I like to see the videos of the defenders of the opposition. I like to see what they do on the pitch, what movements I have to do to win the space or second balls, to score a goal. You have more things to help you for the game, it's better. In the tunnel. I'm focused on the game. I enjoy the atmosphere, the fans singing, things I like to feel. I want to feel the atmosphere. When you go to the tunnel, you can feel it's full and it gives you the power and energy to play. Wolves DSA Our focus this week is on multiple sclerosis, or MS. Multiple sclerosis is a lifelong condition that affects the brain and nerves. It is caused by your immune system mistakenly attacking the brain and nerves. It's not clear why this happens. MS cannot be cured, but medicines and other treatments can help ease some of the symptoms. The main symptoms include fatigue, mobility issues, vision problems, problems controlling the bladder, numbness or tingling in different parts of the body, problems with balance and coordination, or problems thinking. Our focus this week is on Paul, who sits in the South Bank wheelchair bay. Paul's profile. Favourite Wolves player, Raul Jimenez. Favourite away ground, Old Trafford, Manchester United. Favourite Wolves moment, the Sherpa Van Trophy win in 1998. What Wolves means to me. I've been going since I was a kid, says Paul, and I've been a season ticket holder 30 plus years, and after my family, Wolves means everything to me. I follow them home and away, and always will, no matter what, as long as I possibly can with my condition. The Matchday programme is now looking for disabled supporters to feature in each edition to spread the word about the variety of supporters at Molyneux. To be included in the feature, contact Laura Wright at wolves.co.uk. And now we move on to the Fan Inside, where Wolves goalkeeper John Ruddy discusses his football fan experiences as a child and his affiliations to two of his future clubs, Cambridge United and Norwich City. My team when I grew up. I'd have said I was a Man United fan as a kid, because my dad was, so I was encouraged to go the same way. But I'll be honest, I didn't go to many games as a kid. I went to a couple of Cambridge games with a friend who played for the youth team, so he used to get tickets. I used to enjoy watching all sorts of football on the TV, but I was never desperate to go to games, which sounds strange. My first game as a fan. I went to a Cambridge game near the start of the season around 1996. We were sat dugout side. As you look at the dugouts, we were sat on the right-hand side. There was a player taking long throws and he was right up against the boards next to us. I remember coming out of the game and seeing Mark Joseph, a Cambridge player, driving. He was in the traffic on his way home. We said hello to him. A memorable game as a fan. I went to a game at Carrow Road with a friend to watch Norwich one midweek. I think it was against Aston Villa. I remember we were sat in the second tier, the top of the Barclays stand. My mate was a Norwich fan, and I went with him and his family because they had a spare ticket. I didn't go to many games, so I don't have a lot of memories. The last game I attended as a fan. I went to England-Germany in the summer with my son, and that was one of the few games I can remember going to as a fan. 
It was so enjoyable to experience that, without having anything on the game and being directly involved. It was a strange but very good feeling. It was a great day, and it was nice to take my son to England against Germany at Wembley. You don't know how many times that's going to happen. It's nice to share that experience with him. A worldwide game I'd like to go to. Either the El Clasico or River Plate against Boca Juniors. It sounds absolutely mental. I'd have to be watching from a safe distance because the stadium shakes. A Wolves away day I'd like to be a fan at. As a fan, you can't look beyond the Tottenham Stadium. The whole ground in general, the size of it, the surroundings, it's beautifully designed and looks incredibly comfortable. Just to experience that would be brilliant. We end this season's programme by asking those connected with the old gold to create their ultimate Wolves player from various body parts. Stepping up this week is journalist and commentator for BBC WM, Steve Herman. Football intelligence. Jean Moutinho. Steve says... Robbie Keane showed great intelligence as a teenager, but when he's on form, there's nobody better than Moutinho. He oozes class and knows when to break up play, slow it down or pick a pass. When he wants to, he can control any game. Strength. Dean Richards. Adama Traore's oily biceps and George Elokobi's abs might argue with this pick. However, Richards, while great on the ball for a big man, was ultimately a strong and imposing force at the back. Heading. Jody Craddock. Wolves have had plenty of forwards who could score headed goals, but Craddock wasn't afraid to put his head where it hurt to deny a goal-scoring opportunity, even if it meant being bandaged up. Goalkeeping. Matt Murray. Wolves have been blessed with great goalkeepers for decades, but my goalie is a man who would have been capped by England if not for injuries. Great in the air, superb shot-stopper and a top pro. There's only one Matt Murray. Vision. Ruben Neves. Paul Cook could ping one hell of a pass, but in the modern day it's a thing of beauty to see Neves deliver a 60-yard diagonal to its intended target, like he's casually sending a golf ball down the fairway at the Masters. Speed. Adama Traore. Can this really be anyone other than the fastest man on FIFA? The man is an absolute speed demon who gives fullbacks recurring nightmares. Leadership. Connor Cody. A vocal presence on the field, as we all got to hear when stadiums were empty, but also off the field, as shown by being labelled England's unofficial player of Euro 2020, for his attitude and influence even when not playing. Left foot, Bakari Sacco. Steve Froggart, Lee Naylor and Paul Cook are all strong candidates, so is Neil Masters, but Sacco's left foot was a vital tool in lifting Kenny Jackett's team out of League One at the first time of asking. Character. Raul Jimenez. How can you not give this to a man who came back from a life-threatening injury? To have the strength of character to recover and be back on the training pitch within months was immense, but to now see him scoring goals again is amazing. Fitness, Derek Parkin. Parkin made a club record 609 appearances in 14 years, playing over 50 games in a season five times. Even though he once said that he never went past the halfway line, you surely can't play that many games without being fit. Right foot, Steve Bull. Robbie Dennison and Andy Thompson, especially from the penalty spot, deserve a mention, but there's no better right foot than the one that smashed in goal after goal during a historic and record-breaking 13-year spell. It belongs to the legend. Before we finish today's audio match day programme, 
it's time to take a look at the two matchday squads, starting with the visitors, Burnley. Under manager Sean Dyche, we have one, Nick Pope, two, Matthew Loughton, three, Charlie Taylor, four, Jack Cork, five, James Tarkovsky, six, Ben Mee, seven, Johan Goodmanson, eight, Josh Brownhill, nine, Chris Wood, ten, Ashley Barnes, eleven, Dwight McNeil, thirteen, Wayne Hennessy, fourteen, Connor Roberts, sixteen, Dale Stevens, seventeen, Aaron Lennon, 18, Ashley Westwood. 19, Jay Rodriguez. 20, Maxwell Cornett. 22, Nathan Collins. 23, Eric Pieters. 25, Will Morris. 26, Phil Bardsley. 27, Mate Vidra. 28, Kevin Long. 37, Bobby Thomas. 38, Lewis Richardson. And 39, Owen Dodgson. In Bruno Larger's Wolves squad, we have one, Jose Sarr. Two, Kiana Hover, 3. Ryan Aitnuri, 5. Marzal, 7. Pedro Neto, 8. Ruben Neves, 9. Raul Jimenez, 10. Daniel Podens, 11. Trincao, 13. Louis Molden, 14. Yerson Mosquera, 15. Willie Bowley, 16. Connor Cody, 17. Fabio Silva, 19. Johnny, 21. John Ruddy, 22, Nelson Semedo. 23, Maximilian Kilman. 26, Huang Hee Chan. 27, Roman Saiz. 28, Jean Moutinho. 32, Leander Dendonka. 37, Adama Traore. 39, Luke Cundle. 48, James Stewart. The dream. 